wow i'm happy we are starting today today's episode on born employed um, thanks for joining us um, in this inaugural version of our podcast on born employed globally as you know um, unemployment has become a global phenomenon especially now that we have the challenge of covid 19. The pandemic has heavily affected the economies of the world, uh, everywhere you go, both in, in developed and undeveloped nations and even uh, developing countries. But I, I went through the recent ILO report published this April 2020, ILO is international labor organization, and the report showed that our global workforce has grown to about 5.7 billion people. Um, as at April 2020, and that the number of people who are unemployed has risen to about 2.3 billion people, uh, especially those who are within the workforce age that are unemployed. Now, if you look at the 2.3 billion people, that's about 90% of Africa's population. So just imagine a world where um, about 90% of people who live in Africa is unemployed. That's so massive and has become um, not just a challenge for Africa, but a challenge for the global. You know, in most of our podcasts, we are talking to this issue in the sense of how um, mostly Africans can be able to deal with this problem. And part of this challenge for us is um, the unemployment phenomenon that is global. But at the same time, uh, if you look at Africa in the last 10 years, no African country has been able to reduce unemployment by up to 3% in a year. In fact, it's always on increasing uh, um, across African nations. Unemployment is always increasing. Apart from few countries, um, the last I checked, uh, looking at the statistics, few countries like Rwanda and about 3-4 of them, um, out of over 54 countries in Africa, was able to reduce unemployment by within 0.17 to about 2%. That is not encouraging. Uh, but if you look at the level of growth of unemployment across Africa, uh, Nigeria over the years has grown from about 12% to about um, 23 or 20% the last I checked. And the phenomenon is the same thing in South Africa. Um, these are the two big nations in Africa and they are not able to reduce unemployment by any level or any rates. Rather, it's increasing and this is so worrying for us um, across Africa. And <coughs> this is the program that has shaped excuse me, our understanding and why we decided to do uh, this series of episodes tagged Born Employed. Uh, in this series of episodes tagged Born Employed, our philosophy is that no human that is born on earth is actually born unemployed. We are all created with specific roles and responsibilities assigned to us prior to creation, and we are all purposefully designed and gifted for such work. That is the background that has shaped this series, and this background is laid in comparison to the global unemployment rate that we're seeing everywhere um, across nations. And these facts are undeniable. Um, the case studies that nobody is born unemployed um, is everywhere, uh, both in history and today's lifestyle. And just put it or note it that um, most of our discussion in this series are going to come with a lot of case studies. Um, stories of people who have done it and how it worked and stuff like that. So the concept of unemployment for me um, is actually a fallacy that has become reality because the society and the world system has intentionally designed it as such. As it is quite deceitful, 
this is primarily because of how we have actually defined and erroneously understand the concept of reward system for work. So a group of people have decided to define what is reward system for work, have designed there to define what is work in a way that our school system has also been defined. So people go to school and they graduate and they expect to get jobs and stuff like that. But at any rate, it's not fitting in. So there are errors everywhere, but most of our attention is going to be paid on the roles of individual uh, as a person who is probably um, battling with what they do as work now jobs or currently unemployed or currently looking at what they will do after school and stuff like that. So this is going to put a balance and going to be able to remove some of these fallacies of our mindset and help us put us in shape about the concept of work, how to discover our work and also how to go about doing our work and earning all the reward and benefit that comes with it. But let me first of all paste a picture in our head to put some balance to this. So let's look at uh, Maisie's vehicle for instance. It was designed solve the primary problem of mobility so that's basic now if you also look at toyota vehicle they are also designed to solve the problem of mobility so there's no vehicle on earth that's not designed to solve the problem of mobility but if you also look at we are trying to compare between mazes and toyota mostly within the context of africa so if you look at mazes for instance beyond mobility it's designed for class it's designed for royalty there's a level of comfortability comes with there's a speed it comes with that you don't get with most Toyota vehicles. But if you look at it, Toyota vehicles are low-cost vehicles. They are, they are a kind of cheaper vehicle that within your budget you can uh, be able to buy compared to uh, Mercedes vehicles. Now, whether we like it or not, the point we are trying to raise is this. Can you imagine that somebody created a human being created vehicle and gave it job, like it was pre-designed for a particular kind of work, mobility across board. But beyond that, everything is just a function of their individual differences of a particular group of clients or customers they are designed for. But the primary reason is mobility. So just imagine this within the context of a human being. There's nobody on earth that was not pre-designed for work. We are all pre-designed for work. We are all predefined for work. We are all, even at the point of creation, work was designed as the purpose of that creation. I'll give you another example. Look at the concept of houses and buildings. <coughs> Excuse me. Every house before they are built, they are already pre-designed. Like there's an architectural design that comes up that shapes how that work is going to be done. So if it's going to be a two-bedroom flat, it's going to be a warehouse, if it's going to be an, an office space, all of that is pre-designed from the beginning before they are built. That is how every human being, before we were born, we are pre-designed for the work that we are designed to do. Is 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 basic, that's how we are born. However, one of the things that has happened over time is that that knowledge has eluded us. And as I said earlier, because some group of people have erroneously defined what work is all about and the reward system that goes around it, it has made us feel like there's no some people don't have work. And that's why, as we stand today, we have about 2.3 billion people across the globe who are unemployed. Now, the point is this. Um, using these cars as an example, these cars we are designed and produced with purpose, with rules, with responsibilities, with an endowment in terms of tools and capacity to deliver such set of jobs like mobility. So if you look at the Mazes vehicle, for instance, it has its four ways, which is the tires and stuff like that. It has the driving 
um, part of it and stuff like that. It has the gear, everything in the vehicle is designed to provide that mobility. You get the point, you need to go and refill it, so you need fuel and stuff like that. Now, in this generation, we're talking about a little vehicle. They have seats. Most times, four seats for uh, about four people to be able to accommodate the vehicle. He has roof that cover from red, not touching you and stuff like that. As in, there's a lot of things that the vehicle comes with. That's how every human being we have physical and mental abilities they were pre-designed with for the kind of work we are meant to do. In fact, I give you for instance, I always put a picture like this. Some people are pre-designed short, some people are pre-designed tall. For those who are tall and huge, maybe they are designed for the work of basketball which fits them well for those who are short i will only cite an example of two nigerian movie actors Aki and popo and see how they have used their nature to sit and be able to work within a setting that fits who they are and the world has accepted them that way it doesn't matter what you want or you want to want to say about them but there are people who also looks like them they are busy wallowing somewhere and feeling bad and looking like God does not like or love us, or we are pre-designed wrongly. No, nobody is pre-designed wrongly. For every skills and capacities, whether it's physical or mental that we have come with, they are designed for a particular kind of work. So, just like I cited an example within the context of this Mises or Toyota vehicle, that's how it works. So, every human being before we are born, we are designed to work. Our specialties may differ. Due to these are uh, individual differences in terms of our nature, in terms of our structure, in terms of the, the nurture that we have gone through, the experiences and stuff we have gone through, it may differ. But the bottom line that we are already pre-designed for work. In fact, for every experiences that we go through in life, uh, all are custom to come together to predefine the kind of work we are actually born to do. So no one is born unemployed. We are all born employed from the beginning, from the point of creation. Yes, there's a point of growing towards our work. Take note that when we are going to talk about that. The challenge of water has been the lack of understanding, the lack of this understanding, uh, specifically, uh, also when you talk about self-discovery and finding our work. But in this series, please follow us carefully as we walk you through a set of principles and knowledge that are designed to bridge these gaps. And part of it for us is under this born employee series we will help you understand the concept of work. I think that one of the major things that has happened globally is that the concept of work has been defined wrongly as we have earlier said. So we are going to help you understand in a layman's understanding what work is all about. We are also going to help you walk you through why unemployment is not truth. There is not truth about the concept of unemployment. In fact, we believe that the deceitful fact that over 2.3 billion people on earth have made their reality and we should not accept these statistics in fact we should gradually take ourselves out of these studies and this initiative that we have started under this uh, born employed uh, podcast series is to be able to help walk people through that mentality that helps them understand that there's nothing actually like unemployment it's just a fact that some people have decided to buy and live by as their own standard the next thing we're going to walk you through in this series of episodes help us understand why and how we are born employed and part of it were restarted in some of the introductory remarks that we have made today a step-by-step guide to self-discovery you know when we talk about self-discovery sometimes it looks religious it is not religious self-discovery is about your daily lifestyle who are you predefined to do so just like having a two-bedroom bungalow it was designed as a two-bedroom bungalow i was built that way anybody that enters it already sees that there's a two-bedroom bungalow so if somebody engages you what do they see just like they will see a two-bedroom bungalow. What would they see that this is who you are pre-designed to do? That is what we are talking about. So you need to walk through that self-discovery process that helps you understand who you are. The moment you have walked through that self-discovery process successfully, then it's easier then to find your work. 
Because if a two-bedroom bungalow does not know that it's a two-bedroom bungalow, how will it be built? The person who is coming to rent it and pay for the benefit of using it, how would they know? So the self-discovery is very important. From there, we'll walk you through the process of finding your work. The last thing we'll do with this series and some other things that will come up as we go ahead is a step-by-step guide for starting either as an entrepreneur or working towards building a career for yourself. So our idea of this series actually to start an initiative that is designed to change global perspective on the concept of work and why no one should be unemployed. And by the way, it's also shocking that despite the 2.3 billion unemployed people globally, there are projections that by 2030, the world, especially Europe, America, and even Asia, where you have India and China with the greatest number of people, uh, over 1.something billion people living in these countries, the world is still going to experience workforce shortage. So the world is going to be looking for more people to work. Now, in countries like China and Europe uh, uh, and India, mostly China, they're saying that by 2030, they're going to be looking for more people in that country to work. So what it means is that that country is going to create more work, opportunities available, that the people they have will not be able to do all of those work, even with the introduction of technology and stuff like that. And the same scenario is happening in Europe. And part of this will be due to problems like skill mismatch. So people not having the right kind of skills for the work space is part of the reason why we are going to have workforce shortage. Beyond that, again, it's also skill shortage. So there are cases where people have skills, but those skills does not fit into the work setting. But there are cases where people don't even have the skills at all to be able to do the kind of work we are talking about. In places like Europe, uh, uh, mostly in countries like uh, um, Germany and Co, part of the problem is going to be aging population. So the dynamics of aging population is going to create opportunities for more people. And that's why I think that countries in Africa, mostly Nigeria, need to leverage on this. Countries like Nigeria need to spend a lot now to begin to empower its people with the mentality of what work is all about, the right kind of skills, deal with the problem of skills mismatch and inspire them and export people as workforce, as part of their own foreign revenue generation. It makes a lot of sense because our population dynamics puts us in a place that will have the massive number of workforce available. So if we don't invest in our education that helps to get the right kind of education, it's going to be a problem for us going forward. But that's by the way. Uh, so issues about skills mismatch, uh, shortage of skills, and the aging population is part of the reason why we're going to have the global war for shortage. But why that is going to happen in Asia and Europe, in, con- in, in places like Africa, developing nations across Africa, part of the problem is not going to be skill mismatch unnecessarily. Neither will it be skill shortage or aging population because we have a workforce population. Part of the problem is going to be understanding what work is all about and having the right kind of skills that you need to be able to do this kind of work and building a responsible capacity that is needed for the global workforce that we are stepping into. <coughs> Excuse me. In this particular episode, um, we will focus on helping you understand the concept of work as we said earlier, what work is, how do we work, how do we generate results from the work we do, because any work that does not generate results and reward doesn't make any sense. So we need to also look up the concept of benefit, what do we generate from, um, the kind of work that we do and, and, and stuff like that. Now let's start first of all with what is work. In a layman's language, work is about solving problems for results and reward. Now, let's look at it this way. Or let's even take the dictionary definition. Dictionary defines work as it is an activity involving mental or physical effort done to achieve a purpose or result. So let's use this dictionary definition uh, and put my own definition aside, by the way, to be able to run an analysis that helps us understand what work is all about and what is the result we expected to achieve and then the reward 
that comes from it. So let's break it down. First of all, he said it is an activity. Another activity involves mental or physical effort done to achieve a purpose or result. Now, whether we like it or not, that activity that is defined as work, whether it's mental or physical, is based on solving a problem. Is based on solving a problem. So if there's no problem, there's no need for this activity to happen. So the first thing we need to look at is one want to understand the concept of work is to understand what is a problem, what is a need. So it is the need and the problem that defines and determines the activities. So if somebody is hungry, it means that somebody needs to farm. It also means that somebody needs to cook. So hunger alone has already determined and defined work for a farmer has also the time now for somebody who is into cooking, a chef, a restaurant, a mama put for those of us in Africa and stuff like that. So can you just imagine that globally there are about 7 billion people on earth who must eat. That already is a problem that has created work in the farming industry, that has created work in the food industry, in the entire logistics industry that also going to distribute this food and transport, even in the transport industry, in the knowledge industry, in terms of training people and capacity to be able to do this kind of work. So it is the problem first that designed it. Now let's leave hunger. I'm, and I'm focusing on basic needs, for instance, by the way. Let's leave, take the concept of health. For the fact that people are going to be sick and have health challenges has created the need for us to have doctors, nurses, pharmacists, mental health care workers and stuff like that. That alone creates the work. For the fact that we are going to live in a house, we need accommodation, has already created work for real estate, for builders, for architectures, for structural engineers and stuff like that. For the fact that we need to transport, we need our vehicles to move on the road. So if business is going to create these vehicles and the roads in Africa is not good, it doesn't make any sense. So it means that there is need for road construction. So whether we like it or not, there is an abundance of problems and we are going to talk about that. So it is this problem that defines the work that we need to do. So the first question when you want to understand work is to first understand problem. So one of the biggest problems we have in Africa is that we know the problem, we talk about them, we shout about them, but what do we do? We complain. We don't put effort to solve them. So that's why we don't have work. So we're in the complaining team, we're in the complaining mood, but we are not in the solving problem mood. So the difference between somebody who has a job and someone who does not have a job is that the person who has a job has gone to work. So look at this dictionary definition. It says it is the activity involving mental and physical efforts. So where is your own effort going? Is it going on complaining or is it going on solving the problem? No matter how little it is, because the problem again is that we must start somewhere. So we need to understand this concept. Anything about work is first about problem, but again, our perception and realities around problem defines whether we're going to have work or not. So, the mental and physical effort that needs to go to, must be positive, you must go to work, you must put an effort. If there's no effort, nothing happens. A particular president in Africa wake up one day, especially the president in Nigeria, and said, uh, 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 you see Nigeria lazy. I'm not, I'm not a politician, I'm not going to deal with that, but you know, the concept of not putting effort also means laziness. So we must go to work, we must not sensationalize that comment, we must find a basis for it and we have to go to work. I don't actually believe that youth in Africa, talk less of Nigeria, is lazy. But you know, if people don't put effort and go to the complaining mode, it, it makes that word come to pass. So to understand the concept of work is to first understand problem. It is problem that defines work and there are problems around us. I once thought about this. Can you just imagine asking people to do a list of the problems they have? It will shock you that each and every one of us will probably come up with a list of 100 problems we have in a space of probably 5 hours. In fact, in a space of 30 minutes, we probably can come up with about 30-40 problems that we have. 
each of those problems means work for somebody, means work for us. Because the moment somebody solves that problem, it means they're going to generate benefit or reward from it. I know there's a concept of buying power. It is not every problem that we have that we're willing to pay for. And we're going to talk about that in some of the series that's coming up. And that's why we talked about um, the concept of market research as a tool that shapes an entrepreneur and a career person thinking mentality. Because through your market research, you're able to find out what problems are are people able to pay for or willing to pay for the buying power concept so we are discussing that in one of the series that we are working on the thoughts or the thinking of an entrepreneur so understanding the concept of problem is very strategic for somebody who wants to build work so whether you want to become an entrepreneur or a career person the first thing you need to understand about work is that it's about problem so the moment you understand this concept it begins to shape your thought as to what kind of effort do you need to put so every entrepreneurship is about solving problem every business is about solving problem and that is the work for them every career is about solving problem so you cannot get a job to be able to have a successful career or be a successful entrepreneurship if you do not understand problem. So work first is about solving problems, about putting effort to deal with problems. Now the second thing he talks about here is about activity involving mental or physical effort. So even if you understand the concept of problem as something that defines and determines work. See, he said it's about an activity and that activity involves mental or physical effort. So <coughs> across the globe, excuse me, there's problem everywhere. People don't understand and that's probably why they are unemployed. But again, the second reason why they are unemployed is that they do not understand the role that they use, they don't have to come and play an activity or the role or the effort they need to put in terms of mental physical effort to be able to solve this problem. Now you see, one of the basic things we need to understand is there is no human on earth without physical or mental capacity. We are all predefined with this physical or mental capacity to be able to solve our work. So let me give you an instance. I cited an example earlier in terms of physical capacity in our nature. If you are tall and huge, you're probably defined, you, your lifestyle is probably defined around basketball. This is just an example. But if you are short, there's an, a career that fits you. And that's how it works. If you are, uh, let's give another instance, for instance, if you are skilled physically to play football, everybody is not skilled. It's your physical nature. You can enjoy it. If you have physical ability in terms of energy to, to become a bosser, there's nothing wrong with that. We are all designed with our own physical strengths. Same we also design with our own mental strength. So it's possible to find a short person who is intellectually sound. It doesn't matter about his nature. It's just a packaging problem. You see, let me give you an instance. Just imagine that you go and buy a bottle of Coke. There are different sizes of bottles of Coke. But the same thing is about the contents. Is the content is still Coke. So the sizes and our physical strength may differ. But all of us is born with physical strength that helps us do work. All of us is born with mental capacities that help us to work. There's a place of building this mental capacity and growing it by practice and stuff like that. We're going to talk about that as part of these uh, uh, episodes that we're going to we're dealing with terms of born employed. But let nobody take it away from you. All of us have physical and mental capacities in different dimensions. So if you understand the concept of problem, which is what defines work and stuff, and you understand the concept of physical strength and mental ability that you need to put in place to be able to do that, then why are people unemployed? So it is the lack of this kind of knowledge that drives the unemployment series or the unemployment challenge that we have across the globe. And and by the way, let's look at the case study of a Nobel laureate. As documented in the movie, The Beautiful Mind, is a typical example of how a person with schizophrenia, schizophrenia is a major mental disorder that is driven by a series of illusions. And if you have ever watched that movie, The Beautiful Mind, is a very important movie to watch for every career and, and, and 
an entrepreneur, please go to Netflix. I'm not supposed to be promoting Netflix, but go to Netflix and look for the movie, or go and look for the CD and stuff like that. So it's a typical example of somebody who has a mental health challenge, could still engage joyfully in the world of work to the point that he, he, he won a Nobel laureate. Imagine those who doesn't have mental health challenges. So there is naturally no excuse for somebody to be unemployed, especially when your mental health is in order and your physical capacity is in order. It is a priority that we need to pay attention to. So the, 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 the challenge is not having enough, the challenge is not actually not having enough mental or physical tools for work, but rather is in putting effort, the physical and mental skills that we have, is in putting this effort, in putting them to work towards solving problems and mental needs. So if you come into a dirty house and the owner of that house is willing to pay, but you are not willing to put your capacity to work in terms of physical and mental capacity to clean that house, you are not still going to generate the benefit and the reward that comes from it, either in terms of income or fulfillment that that environment is need. And the person who also needs that service is not going to get it in terms of the problem being solved. So that is where the gap is. And most times, one of the things I also discovered over time is that the world of work has been defined by a few people within the context of formal setting. That makes you look at the work of work within the informal setting. There is not work. They are formal and informal work. Formal work, for instance, can work for people who feels like they go to office, they earn their salaries and stuff like that. But there are people who are not within that formality. They probably did not go to school, but there are still problems for them to solve. So the global informal workforce is a major one that we cannot take away. So let's not always put our mentality within the context of I must go to school, I must get the job. I take note that way, they are very important and it's very important to go to school and get the job. But also not, let's not take away the informal work setting that we can also explore. And I know people who are also billionaires today who never got went to school. I, 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 a very typical example is the Koskaris industry. I listened to an interview he granted recently. He never was in school, but he understood the concept of problem and the efforts that he needs to put in place to solve problems to be able to make money. And it's beyond just money. And we're going to talk about that in this episode, by the way. So to achieve a result, and what is the result? You know, remember we said work is an activity, mental or physical effort to be able to achieve a result. So let's look at the concept of results and also reward, by the way. So it's not just results, but it's also reward. But let's put them together because it can be result for both the demand and the supply. It can also be reward for both the demand and the supply. So let's leave the semantics out of the words, whether it's result or reward or even benefit. So <laughs> the result that you generate from every effort you put, mental and physical to solve a problem, does two things. One to the demand, one to the supply. And who is the demand? The demand is the person who has the problem that needs to be solved. So if I put effort in place to solve that person's problem, let's say the problem of food or clothing or shelter for any accommodation by building a house for the person, the person is going to pay me the supply. So what do I gain as a result for me in the supply? There are actually different dimensions of gain you get. But let me also talk about four of them, for instance. One of the major results that you get from the work you do is your income, your profit, your salary for those who are working for people. This is the common and one everybody knows and pays attention to. But you know, there's a level you go to work, get in work, you know, in life. You now begin to discover that it's important to earn money, which is profit. But that is not the only thing that you get as reward in the context of work. The other thing you get as reward in the context of work is fulfillment. There's a self-esteem that it boosts your ego and makes you feel like you are somebody. It gives you a sense of identity because there's something that you are doing. And that's something that you are known for. 
So anything you are doing in the name of war that does not give you that sense of identity and fulfillment, I'm sorry, no matter how much you earn, you're going to get to a point where you now begin to feel frustrated with that stuff that you are doing. And that's why at the point, some people diversify, maybe after they have made money. But some people at the point will not have made enough money to diversify. So it's only few people, few percentage of people globally that has been able to make money to be able to diversify, to get those or to get involved in those things that give them fulfillment. So what happens to those people who don't ever make enough money to diversify? That is why it's important that no matter what you do, Earn money in it, but also look for something that gives you fulfillment. Because what also happens is that if you are just pursuing the money alone and you never been able to save or make a lot of money and you get sacked, you return back to square one. And the struggle begins. And most people who are winning in range or in this statistics of unemployed actually find themselves in this group. So beyond just income or salary or profit or fulfillment that we have talked about, there's another thing that you get as part of the reward for work. It's called acquired capacity increase capacity you know practice makes perfect the more you do the more you get better and the more you grow in such engagements so anytime you are involved in work always have it at the back of your mind that you are not just going there to end profit or making income you must also get fulfillment but beyond that it's about building capacity it's about building capacity so every workman needs to understand that this is part of what I get from the work that I do. Then the first thing you also need to get from work is that you build network. You see some people after doing work, they get referrals. Why? Somebody have recommended them for the work they do. And they know more people and they grow. So it keeps expanding. Business or entrepreneurship is about getting more customers. So if you have a job that you do or a business that you do and you don't have a lot of customers, it will never grow. So the reward that you get from every work you do, and that's why you need to deliver quality work, is that over time, the population of people who come to your business to patronize you grow. So these are the four kind of things you need to know about work. And the reason why we have discussed these four levels of benefit for somebody who is supplying work is that it's important for us to have this picture in our mind. So that if in the process of starting our work, or putting effort in place. We don't start earning money as we expect from the beginning in terms of income or profit or salary, but we're earning these other three things, three other rewards. You need to put it in perspective that that is already generating a lot of reward and benefit for us because over time, this network, this acquired capacity, this fulfillment is going to increase our capacity to earn more. So we are not probably going to start earning more first of all from the beginning. We may start earning first of all from the part of building capacity, from building network or from being able to have uh, some level of fulfillment from the work that we do. And then the other part of which has to do with money So they don't always come at the same time, at the same level. Whichever one that comes first, put others in perspective and then grow it. So each and every one of them contributes more. For instance, if you have fulfillment in the work that you do, one of the things that it does to you is that it is the passion that helps you drive consistency in that stuff. If you don't have it, the chances that you are going to be consistent is very low. It's going to always be very low. So it's important that we understand this concept. Now, uh, as part of our parting conclusion in this episode, uh, some common questions are very important for us to ask and put in our mind. Uh, one of those questions is this. Is there a lack of problem or needs on earth? If problem and needs are what defines work, are what opportunities for work, for instance, do we have lack of it? Like, is problem drying up in the world like is the lectured region or the lectured water is drying up? Obviously not. Problems are increasing and manifesting in different formats per second globally. And if so, then the problem is not the problem is not the absence of problem. There's problem everywhere, and that means there's work everywhere. The second question we need to ask is this: 
Is there any woman on earth without mental or physical parts? No. So if so, why do we have unemployment? The problem then is not the absence of people. Our population is growing per cycle with over 7 billion, billion people on earth and the global workforce has also skyrocketed to about 5.7 billion people. So if there's problems and there's people with mental and physical capacities, why do we then have 2.3 billion people on earth unemployed? If there's a problem that demands to be solved, work and needs that demand us to work on, and there are problems, and there are people, sorry, designed with physical and mental capacities. Why are over 2.3 million people unemployed? These are critical questions we need to answer. So join us in our next episode as we respond to these questions, as we walk you through the process of self-discovery, finding and doing your work. Thanks for being part of this episode. Please contact us via info at employmentship.com if you have any questions or comments. Thank you.